Hello and welcome to episode 85. Today we're talking about self-care for busy moms. Seems like the two can't coexist in the same sentence, doesn't it? But we're going to dive into four areas in which you need to care for yourself as a busy mom. And in each of these four areas, we're going to show you both ways to care for yourself and how to find time. So let's talk about physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual self-care for busy moms. Hello, and welcome to Outnumber the Podcast. I'm Bonnie. And I'm Audrey. We're experienced moms to a combined total of 18 children. Our mission is to help overwhelmed parents find peace in parenting and humor in the chaos. Come join us as we attempt uninterrupted conversation about parenting with joy and intention. Okay, we are back and we're so um, delighted to talk to you today about self-care for busy moms, which is basically every mom, right? (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Yeah. This is something that Bonnie and I have talked about a lot through various different um, episodes and we'll we'll reference some of them as we go through today. But we kind of wanted to gather all this information into one place because it's so important of a topic for us. So we wanted it all on one, one podcast to be able to refer people to. Yeah, for sure. And if you have followed either of us for any amount of time, you'll know that it's just a really big passion for both of us. We both have hobbies and businesses that we spend a lot of time on. And sometimes people wonder how we do it, but we're going to kind of reveal the curtain a little bit today and just talk to you about how important it is to have things um, that you do just for you. All right. So I'm going to start us off first with a funny thing that my kids said. So my my three-year-old always has something delightfully funny to add to the conversation. And this is one that I actually remembered to tell you about. So um, the the older kids were sitting around and they were talking about what they're going to be or what they're going to do when they grow up. And they're having this fun conversation. And she's just wide-eyed watching them and her eyes go from one to the next to the next. And she's just listening to all these grandiose plans that they have. And finally she pipes up and she says, when I grow up, I'm going to be, I'm going to be I'm going to be me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, sweet thing. And I love that that's like the biggest thing she can come up with. And really, wouldn't we all do well to remember that one? Yeah. Yeah. It's super funny, but I thought it was a great segue into today's topic because as moms, we lose sight of me and because we're living we're spending so much of our, so much of our time living for other people and and that's great and necessary but we leave sight of me yes yes exactly perfect segue okay so we're going to divide this um this topic today into four areas that we think that we need to take care of ourselves as busy moms uh, physical mental emotional and spiritual and we're going to dive deep into each of those and tell you about ways that we try to take care of ourselves and you should try to take care of yourself in each of those four areas. We're specifically going to tackle the the um, maybe misguided thought that I don't have time to take care of myself or I don't have any extra time. You know, my, my plate is already full because we would argue that taking care of yourself in all these different four areas is the most important. So just, just keep that in the back of your mind. 
Yeah, Bonnie, don't you have a video um, that you did about um, put on your own mask first? And this is talking about an oxygen mask on an airplane. Yes, yes, for sure. That was the first uh, the first time that really hit me. I'm like, oh, yes, you are supposed to keep yourself alive first so that you can take care of your children. So, yeah, we can link that, too. Yeah, let's link that one. OK, so we're going to start with physical um, the physical self. How do we take care of our physical selves? Now we've talked a lot about this and, and we've also done a lot of talking about how we physically take care of our kids, their, their physical needs, but we can't, um, leave ourselves behind in this. In fact, we almost have to put ourselves first in this because we've got to be in good condition to take care of our kids. Like oftentimes when my kids are sick, I'll joke, well, I, I'm not going to get sick because I just don't have time to get sick. I have to take care <laughs> of all you guys. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, all right. So, um, physical ways that I try to take care of myself are a nutrient dense diet. And you guys keep asking for us to do an episode about what exactly this means to us. So we'll put that one down on our list <laughs> for the future, but just good, good food, not a, not a handful of, um, goldfish crackers on the run, right? <laughs> a regular exercise and then sleep. Super important to have enough sleep. And, um, and Bonnie and I did talk a lot about, um, this, this aspect of taking care of yourself in our image, in our episode 64 on body image. So if you need a refresher, um, be, be sure to go listen to that one too. Yeah. You know, when we talk about self-care, I think physical self-care is the first thing that comes to mind for people, but you know, we'll be talking about how there's so much more to that, but it is honestly one of the first things that slip when you become a new mom, right? All of a sudden you're not getting enough sleep. You're not finding time to eat, even though you're trying to probably breastfeed a new baby um, and recover from labor and pregnancy. Um, so these things are very, very essential. Uh, so for me, when I get overwhelmed and I've realized that everything has fallen apart and I'm not caring for my basic physical needs anymore, I'll try to choose just one priority to start with. So let's say everything's fallen apart. I'll just think, okay, you know what? I could just do with having three square meals a day. I have been really bad about just eating my kids leftover peanut butter and jelly crusts and goldfish crackers or whatever, <laughs> um, and not actually feeding myself. And so, um, that's a really, really simple, basic place to start is that you make a plan because without a plan, we're just going to fail and eat the crusts, right? You make yeah. a plan and then you eat that plan. <laughs> That's, a, you know, a good solid breakfast, a good solid lunch and dinner. And my kids are very, very familiar with me saying, I would love to help you get seconds, but I haven't eaten my firsts. And, and, and I, and I dig in the sand and I say, no, I'm not going to run around like a crazy person trying to fulfill everyone else's whims when I haven't yet eaten my, my first serving. And that's really essential. And I think it's very important to teach my children that, that, you know, yes, sure. I serve my kids first, but then I sit down and eat before I do anything else because I'm just, you know, not functional without some food. So, uh, another thought is maybe you're okay with food, but you would really like to incorporate some exercise. Well, how about 15 or 20 minutes of stretching or yoga, or, I mean, it doesn't have to be training for a marathon. What about you do it after kids get in bed? Or uh, I know before they wake up, it's hard for a lot of people. But what about in nap time, you lock yourself in your room, <laughs> you do a little exercise video on YouTube or something. But that's just my, my key is to just choose that one priority. Yeah, such a good idea. I find it pretty ironic that I am drinking a cold cup of tea. We're recording this at four o'clock in the afternoon. And here I sit drinking a cold cup of tea that I made myself at 10 o'clock this morning. So <laughs> still working on that. It won't always be perfect. Let's just, let's just put that out there. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. And then sleep like, oh man, sleep is so important. But as 
like we should just kind of plan to go an hour to bed an hour earlier because we know how much our sleep is going to get interrupted in the night by kids. It just is. And, you know, maybe not every night. So maybe, you know, wow, I didn't get interrupted at night at all tonight. So I get to wake up an hour early in the morning because I, you know, you just naturally wake up an earlier hour earlier because you went to bed an hour earlier. But sleep, goodness, that's so important. Like if I get behind on sleep, whoo, everything starts falling apart. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So how, how do you find time? Well, I was at, for physical care. I was just addressing, you know, the sleep part of it a little bit, but you know, schedule in that exercise or, um, you know, make that nutrient dense lunch or snack or whatever happened because every time you skip it, you're going to feel less like it the next time. Like the first time you exercise is the hardest because after you exercise, then you feel more like exercising. After you eat a good meal, you feel more like eating good meals. So the first time you do it, it, it makes it easier every time after that. But if you skip it, boy, the next time, it's just not going to feel like at that time either. Right. And I will say this about um, physical self-care. It just takes a little bit of time and a little bit of preparation. And so if you find yourself, like say, for example, I really wanted to do the salad thing that you did, Audrey where you just ate fresh salads all summer long, right? Yeah. Um, But I found that it was taking me just a few minutes too long to put it together and that I wasn't going to keep it up. I could just tell right at the beginning, this is not going to work without some preparation from me. Um, And so on the weeks when I I do really good and I eat lots of salad, it's because I've chopped on Monday, I've chopped the lettuce, I've chopped the bell pepper, I've chopped the tomato, I've made the dressing. You know what I mean? If there are, if, if you go into a portion of of that physical self-care and right at the outset, you're like, this is a lot of work. (laughs) You're not going to keep it up. Like don't, we can't fool ourselves. Right. Definitely. It's like Jordan Page talks about in her productivity bootcamp. She one principle she has is maximize. So if you're making, if you're cutting up lettuce for one salad, cut up lettuce for three salads and and all your vegetables and then tomorrow all you do is just put it together or there's this really cool salad in a jar thing where you my sister I think makes salads for every day of the week on one day and then she just grabs her jar salad the next day and it's all ready to go so definitely maximize your effort yeah totally and just and just to you know you you have to realize that on let's say you do have a Monday and you're able to prep and do all these amazing things that's that fantastic because chances are good by Wednesday or Thursday, something is going to come up and you're not going to be able to do it. So don't, don't act like every day is going to be the perfect day because when you have just normal stuff, junk up your life, then you're going to get frustrated and quit. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, if you are not a morning person, don't plan your workout for 6am. Like you're just setting yourself up to fail and then get irritated at yourself. So, um, when I am going through a rough phase where I can't get up early, which is like 80% of my life, <laughs> then I just plan on exercising at nine. I get up, I make breakfast for the kids. I put on my exercise clothes and then they know that's my time to exercise. And do they come and climb on me and be annoying sometimes? Yeah, they do. But whatever, we, we figure it out. You know, we do it the best way we can. All right. So let's move on to maybe what's not so obvious or maybe we don't make as much time for is caring for these other aspects, these other three aspects. So let's dive into ways to care for your mental self. Um, you're a mom and you spend a lot of time with people who are not as not challenging you mentally (laughs) unless you've got teenagers (laughs) right and then you're being very challenged mentally (laughs) no but okay so how can we challenge how can we take care of ourselves mentally um challenging books uh re you know sometimes 
I do, we all do read a book that's just like some downtime and a mental escape. And that's fine. That's okay. But also include challenging books because you can use that as your mental self-care. So, for example, I know we're going to do a whole episode. We did our episode last week on book recommendations. That was for kids. We've got another one coming at you for book recommendations for older students and adults. So we'll include some specific titles in that one. Watch for that episode. Um, Continue your own education. This doesn't mean, well, I'll talk about this more in Finding Time, how to do this, but continue your own education. Like our school's motto, our homeschool motto is learning to learn. When When my husband and I created that motto for our homeschool, we didn't necessarily intend for it to mean us, but we have totally continued to learn right along with with our kids. Um, And that's part of our mental care. So intelligent conversation with adults is definitely mental care. Make that happen. And then one one way, you know, those are all kind of like adding two ways, ways to add to mental self-care. But then also subtract. So eliminate strain. Eliminate things that stress you and strain you and cause your mental, um, I guess it also carries over into the emotional, but causes you just, just to be strained and stressed. Let's, let's just work on saying no and finding things to eliminate that are hurting us mentally. Oh man, I love that you added that. And you're right. A mental and emotional go right hand in hand with this because so many times when we talk about self-care or improving ourselves, we just talk about adding. And most of us just get stressed out because we think my life is already full. I can't add anything else. Um, But we need to stop and say, but what is still a part of our life that should not be, that's adding this undue strain and stress, et cetera. With each child, I've had to learn how to say no to more and more things. And sometimes it's hard, especially if you're a people pleaser. Like I want to make everybody happy. I want to help everybody. I just want everyone to sing kumbaya and hold hands. (laughs) And when I'm not in a position to do that, it stresses me out. And yet it doesn't stress me out quite as much as saying yes to something I can't complete, right? That I'm just, you know, bitter about because I said yes under duress or whatever. So I love that you share that. So many of us need to just learn to say that's not not going to work for me. Um, So ways for that I think about caring for myself mentally is I like to remind myself that I am more than a mom. Okay. So I think there are years of motherhood. They tend to be those early years when you are just like the poopy diaper changer and the rocker and the kisser of owies. (laughs) And you're doing all the things without a lot of, um, overt reward, right? Sure. Your kids come up and hug you and love you and you love them so much, but, but it's just really, really overwhelming. And so I like to stop and just think, okay, who was I before I had my kids? This is really helpful to keep. This is one of the reasons it's really helpful to keep friendships from high school or college or your single days because they can remind you, right? You can get together. You can just go to dinner. You can have a a FaceTime chat or a Marco Polo chat. And, and just by talking to old friends, you can be reminded that, Hey, this like (laughs) pajama clad, greasy haired mom that I am is not who I always was. And it's not who I always will be either. This is just a short period of time. Um, think about who you want to be once your kids move out and they don't need you as much. Obviously everyone always needs their mom, but you know, once they (laughs) have their own lives, who are you going to be then? What are you going to do? What are your passions? What do you like? Uh, what will retirement look like? Right. It's never too early to think about these things and think about how to maintain those strengths that you want to develop even more when you have more time on your hands. Right. That's like, I'm something I am so passionate about. I'm so glad you brought that up because who do you want to be? That is like that forward looking vision is, is really a passion of mine to, 
to focus on the future instead of get so caught up in right now and what's happening right now. But who, who do I want to be in the future? So how do you find time for this mental care? Like you're, you know, we're talking about adding in this and adding in this. How, how, how do I do this? How do I find more time? Well, okay. So you can take a class. Yes. Um, sometimes you can go physically leave the house and take a class, but you can take an online class too. The, the nice thing about online classes or courses is many of them, once you buy them, they're yours and you can do it at your own pace. Um, or some of them, you know, have a year expiration date, but it's your own pace kind of thing. Um, definitely a date night with your spouse is good for your mental, mental care. And, um, I know that oftentimes my husband and I'll go out on a date night and we'll, we'll be like, uh, we're just talking about the kids. We need to talk about, you know, something a little more intelligent and just have take, take advantage of this time. Not that talking about your kids isn't intelligent, but I hope you're getting my point here. Um, And then like Bonnie and I have both talked about how we schedule work time or if you don't have a a side hustle that you're doing, schedule me time. Just schedule it in. Like I've noticed that I honor my commitments and my schedule scheduled events with other people so much more than I honor my commitments and my scheduled things that I'd like to have in my life for myself. Um, So that's all adding in and then definitely subtract. Let me just say this question. What would happen if you subtracted social media from your life? How much extra time would you have for fitting in? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. You know, um, it's really just a matter of priorities. It really is. And I know it's painful to make yourself a priority because it doesn't feel right sometimes. It feels selfish. But it's not selfish. It's just not. And I will share that just like the physical priorities, you can just choose one thing. You don't have to like start a class and a book club and all these things and and stress yourself out and, you know, stretch yourself to the max. You can just start with something as simple as reading a book for pleasure. And maybe you don't have a lot of time to sit and read or you fall asleep as soon as you do. So you turn on an audiobook and you do it while you're doing laundry. And all of a sudden you look forward to laundry and you have something to talk to adults about. And maybe you choose after the book is over to Marco Polo, your favorite group of friends and say, you guys have to read this book and then get on and tell me what you thought about it. And you guys can have a fun discussion about it. It, That takes almost no extra time out of your schedule. And yet all of a sudden you have something to look forward to. You have an intelligent conversation to have with other adults. Uh, You're connecting emotionally as well. So it it takes creativity for sure. Um, But you have to treat your own mental health and emotional health and every one of these as importantly as you would like a child's doctor appointment. You know, your kid has to go get surgery. You're not going to skip the appointment. Don't skip your own things that you've scheduled for yourself because you are just as important as those, those essential things that you do for your children. Yes, that is, that is amen. Hallelujah. (laughs) What else to say? I agree with it so much. Uh, Okay. Let's move on to ways to care for your emotional self. And as Bonnie and I have been saying, this is very closely connected to um, ways to care for your mental self. And, and I have a lot of similar thoughts on how to find time for it, but okay. So ways to care for your emotional self. Um, Bonnie and I have been mentioning recently thought work, and I know that we've both been listening to the life coach school podcast and, um, some others that just help us work on the way that we think because our emotions are all connected to our thoughts. (laughs) Okay. So if you work on your thoughts, your emotions will also improve as your thoughts improve, your emotions will improve. 
Um, I just have to mention this because it was in one of the um, early episodes of the Life Coach School podcast that I've been listening to. So I have found so much value in this that I have gone back to episode one and started there. But she was mentioning um, a thought that um, she got from actually her mentor, Katie Byron, and it is, no one can hurt my feelings. That's my job. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The idea behind that is that um, the way that we think about things is completely affecting the way that we feel about things. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, moving on. A wide variety of friends is really good for our emotional self because we can't. It's not healthy. Um, and it's not a good idea to have like one friend that we li- rely on for 100% of our emotional and and everything else. So just a wide variety of friends, friends. So maybe, you know, to one friend, you can discuss this topic and another friend you can maybe exercise with and then with another friend. So a wide variety of friendships. And um, also, as a part of this healthy relationships is good for your emotional self. You know how um, interacting with other people, you know that interacting with some people just kind of makes you feel drained and sick. And then other relationships make you feel so invigorated and inspired. And emotional self-care means you have healthy relationships, those that build you and, and help build other people too. Oh yeah. I love that you, that you added those two uh, connected because I've had relationships where on, on the outside, nothing looks amiss. It looks like a great relationship. And yet when the person calls or uh, I think about texting or getting together or whatever, there's just kind of a pit in my stomach. Yeah. And I've finally been able to have the courage to just let those relationships go. And it doesn't have to be dramatic and it doesn't even have to be something that involves the other person. It, it, you can just be less available for this relationship because it doesn't you no good. And that is completely okay. It's more than okay. It's it's necessary for you and yes. your emotional health. And the, the variety of friends is an interesting concept too. I hadn't thought about that, but I've realized that I've, I've created that because I have a lot of aspects to my life, right? So I have one friend who has a lot of kids. It's not Audrey, but it's another Big, big family friend. And wait, we, are you saying are you saying that I'm not your friend? Is that I what have, you just said? I have another friend with big kids, a lot of kids too. Not just you. Uh, but we talk a lot about big family stuff that other friends wouldn't understand, right? Like, oh my yeah. gosh, what's your grocery budget now? Are your kids eating you out of house and home? Or um, another friend that is like my business buddy that I talk about all the time. You know, when I'm like when I'm trying to come up with a business plan or a, you know, motivational thought to get me through, through work stuff. Uh, so that, that is totally, totally healthy and normal. You can't expect one friend or like three friends to be everything for you, you know? Um, and of course your spouse should probably be one of those friends that you're <laughs> talking to a lot, right? <laughs> Definitely. Um, so yeah, I would, I would also highly recommend Life Coach School podcast, um, Jody Moore's podcast for uh, rooting out those negative thought patterns. And sometimes, like like you said, we're not even aware of them. We're just aware of the negative feelings surrounding something. But if there are negative feelings, then that means there's negative thoughts fueling them. And so that's a really powerful thing to be able to um, find and and crush, you know, to fix, to fix. Uh, I'm also a big fan of therapy. Professional therapy is also extremely helpful for those relationships and issues that you just can't seem to get a handle on yourself. And I really truly believe that we have the power to overcome 
any obstacle in our life with the right tools, even the ones that just seem completely impossible. I've seen friends and family members go through things that were just unspeakable, horrible, horrible, uh, tough times in their lives. And yet with the right kind of emotional tools, they've been able to come out on the other side, just healthy and happy and vibrant. Um, And that's what I want for all of us moms, that there are some really tough things that are a part of motherhood and some wonderful things. But if we have the right tools, we can we can get through those tougher, tougher times. Okay. Now we're going to move on to finding time for this emotional care that we, we know is so important to all of us. So Bonnie was talking about, I'm listening to podcasts while you're folding laundry and then you actually look forward to to laundry or listening to, you know, um, while you take a, a walk every day or a couple times a week, you schedule a walk and, and use that time also for listening, uh, listening to a podcast, listening to what, whatever, whatever you need to listen to, um, to help your emotional care. Um, she also mentioned Marco Polo uh, with friends. That one I really like because, you know, time is a big issue. So like I found myself in early motherhood, letting a lot of friendships go because I just did not have time, like really good, healthy friendships. I just didn't have time to, you know, spend time physically or over the phone or whatever. But the beauty of like Marco Polo or, you know, choose your favorite app that you can communicate with is that um, like a WhatsApp or something that you can leave a message or a video or a a text or whatever and then respond to it in your own time, you know, watch their video or yeah. Yeah. So it's you have to adjust how, how you do time. Like again, referring to Jordan page, um, on her Instagram, she often talks about how, while she's cleaning up her kitchen at night, she's catching up on Marco Polo's with her friends. And, and so that's the beauty of it. We can do it on our own time. And then another thing, um, for emotional self-care is develop a fulfilling hobby, something that you really love and that you make time for. You know this feeling, how you just love doing something. For Bonnie and I, it's often sewing and we just sneak away five minutes here, 10 minutes there, you know, half an hour there, or maybe every, you know, whole Saturday once a month. And we just spend it sewing because that fills us up so much emotionally and and mentally and and helps us feel so good. And and when you love something and it, it really fulfills you like that, you, you make time for it. You put away other things, put aside other things that aren't filling you up and you make time for these, these things that really do help you out. Yeah. And I love that you said it's uh, both emotionally and mentally fulfilling because the nice thing about a hobby is that you're learning things at the same time, right? Yeah. Like you are yeah. learning how, you know, a skill, if it's like some sort of craft or creative thing, or you are learning, um, you know, about some historical time frame because you're reading this awesome historical fiction, et cetera. So, uh, yeah, de- definitely by incorporating an awesome hobby into your life, you're definitely helping yourself in so many aspects. And it usually gives you a little time away from children with it, which is really essential. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A while ago in the sewing community, there was this push to move away from the hashtag selfish sewing and use oh, the hashtag yeah. self care sewing because just yeah. changing the whole mentality around it. Exactly. Exactly. Okay, so for emotional care, and some of my tips are going to roll right into uh, spiritual self-care as well, Um, but that is, these include listening to uplifting messages. So this could be something like a podcast. It could be um, a speech from a church leader. It could be scripture. It could be reading uplifting blogs or just really 
interesting articles, uh, audio books, which are always easy to incorporate um, when you don't have time to read. Friend time is so essential, like we said, Marco Polo, or just in-person time. I know that can't happen quite as often, but what about once a month or what about once a quarter? You make a time to have lunch with a friend you haven't seen in a while. Um, And having safe places and people to talk with about your fears and anxieties. And like I said, this ideally would be a spouse or a a number of friends. But if that's not the case, or if you need somebody else in addition to those people, then, uh, you know, a life coach or a professional therapist are all wonderful people to have on your team to help you sort through um, feelings that you can't, you can't deal with on your own. Absolutely. And, and motherhood brings up a lot of um, self-examination that we, we need to work through. Yeah, sure. All right. Rolling right into our last aspect of um, self-care is ways to care for your spiritual self. We have a whole podcast on prioritizing what matters. And so um, in this, go listen to that episode um, to listen how a lot of ways that we make what matters to us priorities. But um, so for me, spiritual self-care, this is uh, my daily. The first thing that I do is I spend time in prayer and studying, uh, reading the Bible and meditating. So besides just reading these things, I do take time and this is, um, can cross over a little bit into mental, uh, self-care for myself. Um, I do study the scriptures, not just read them, but, um, and meditate on them, but like I'll choose one topic and I'll go through the whole Bible and I'll study this topic in the Bible. Like, um, a recent one study that I'm currently in the middle of is the word and topic of free and freedom through the Bible. So I'll mm. just get out. I got this little notepad that I do my studies in and I just go through the Bible and I just start finding every um, scripture reference that mentions free or freedom. And and so just like a deeper dive, a deeper study. And this really does um, things for me spiritually. Um, I also make sure to spend some quiet time in meditation. So on some of my walks, I don't listen to a podcast or, you know, music or anything. I just have like the quiet out in nature, the quiet time. And I definitely um, need to be connected to a higher power than me, connected to the divine so that um, this is because there's a part of me that is spiritual and it has to have that spiritual care from its, from its creator, its maker. Oh yeah. I love how you put that for me. For me, it's uh, drives. Like when I drive alone, I get in the car and I'm just so tired of noise that I don't turn on the radio and I don't turn on any podcast. And I just sit and think and allow myself to be open to, you know, spiritual promptings or thoughts, or uh, sometimes you just have a something that's been causing you trouble or anxiety and you just kind of mull it over for a while. And all of a sudden pieces just start falling together. I'm like, I'm not doing that. Right. Like I'm, I'm gaining these solutions from a higher power because I'm allowing myself to be silent and still. And that is so hard as a parent. I get it. Like just nonstop noise. But when you're starting to feel that barrage of uh, like stress, because it's just one thing after another, that's, that should be our clue to step away, lock yourself in the bathroom, go for a walk, whatever it takes, drive to the gas station and back and allow yourself some of that quiet time to just think and ruminate and and pray if you need to, but I love that. So I covered a little bit of this in emotional self-care, some of my tips for caring for yourself spiritually, but I will say right up front that I like, I have to remind myself that everything starts to fall apart when I'm not grounded spiritually, when I'm not taking time to, uh, both like get more spiritual, um, inspiration through scripture or whatever, and also to 
pray, then all of a sudden everything seems harder. <laughs> like my relationships are harder. I'm more tired and overwhelmed. I'm emotionally tapped out. And every time this happens, I'm like, what's going on? Oh, <laughs> it's been a week since I've read my scriptures or it's been some time since I've had quiet to just, you know, think and receive that, that spiritual nourishment. So I don't know. I don't know why it works that way, but it just does. And I love how you put that, that your spirit, we're spiritual beings that need to be fed and nourished from our creator. And that's just, regardless of what you believe, I, it's just, it's just a fact. <laughs> we have to figure out the way that works for us to get that. Yeah. Yeah. So how do we find time for this spiritual care? Um, in our episode on everyday intention, I did um, dive a little bit into um, how I make sure my kids don't interrupt me when I am having my morning um, quiet time praying and reading my Bible. I just don't allow interruptions. And, and because they see and know that I value it so highly and I will not let them interrupt, then they also begin to value it, you know, as they age. Um, I, this does mean that I get up early in the morning. <laughs> in fact, um, one of the studies that I did in the Bible was people who got up early in the morning and what they did. <laughs> that was an interesting it. study. Yeah. And then um, we do have a dedicated day for our spiritual care. We, we take Sunday and we um, don't do a lot of things on Sunday that we do other days of the week so that we can have more time for, you know, attending spiritual services, worship services, and, you know, maybe writing letters to people who are spiritual um, elders to us and, and things that we do that um, help feed our spiritual part of ourself. So we dedicate a whole day of our week to it because it's that important to us. Yeah. You know, if, if anyone out there is looking for a way to improve their spiritual connection to God, I would highly recommend that last one that she just talked about having that dedicated day. And maybe you have a crazy work schedule or maybe that's, it's something that's not uh, super feasible, but what about an afternoon? What about you have an afternoon once a week where you don't work outside and you don't work on uh, work at home stuff and you don't do school. You just dedicate that time to introspection and study. And, and sometimes for us, a big portion of Sunday is um, just rejuvenating family relationships, right? Because we're all going a million different places mm, yeah. during the week. Um, and I feel like that really fills my spiritual bucket as well, because that's what those relationships are for, right? So anyway, yes, I love having a dedicated day for for my spiritual nourishment. Um, you know, I, when I was thinking about ways to make time for this, the first thing I thought was, well, this should be easier, right? Because really, we owe this time to God rather than ourselves. And yet, it's not. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it's still difficult to make time for this, maybe because there is no um, outward measure of it, right? Maybe if we skip exercise, we feel tired or we gain a few pounds or something. Maybe if we skip eating, we get lightheaded and feel miserable. But if we skip our spiritual nourishment, it's not immediately evident. And it's definitely not physically evident. We can't usually see it on people. Um, and yet, like I said, everything just starts to fall apart when it's not there. A few ideas I have for fitting this in is doing scripture study with kids. Let's say you've tried to do your own and it's just, it just is not happening. What about just doing it with your kids and being an example of making that a priority for them? What about listening to, like I said, in the emotional part, listening to scripture or other uplifting talks and things instead of reading them because you don't have time for that? Or um, just like you said already, Audrey, just quiet time and listening for those thoughts and writing them down. Uh, and a resource I wanted to share that I'll put in the show notes is um, 
Uh, I believe her name is the redheaded hostess. She's a blogger who has lots and lots of like journals and manuals for guiding you through scripture study. And you can really set it up however you want, but it's like, write the, write the chapter and verse and then write what your thoughts were or what you were studying or study, study by topic. Like you're saying, uh, anyway, really great resources that help you get started on, uh, on spiritual study. All right. So wrapping it up, um, I was just thinking that, you know, we owe it to our kids to take good care of ourselves, and we owe it to our spouses and we owe it to a lot of other people to take care of ourselves, but we owe it to ourselves to take care of ourselves. <laughs> like we were, you know, we've been talking about our spiritual self. And one thought that I've been meditating on lately is that, um, we didn't create ourselves. And so we can see ourselves as something wonderful that God created. Like this is also mental self-care, not having negative thoughts about yourself. But um, so we can view ourselves as something wonderful created by a wonderful creator, God, and he doesn't make anything imperfect. So we are perfectly created. And we need to take care of this thing that God is has perfectly created. And and that's okay. That's a good thing. So it, and, and when we take care of ourselves, this is why I say um, we owe it to others. When we take care of ourselves, then the way that we interact with others is healthier all around. It's healthier physically. Like when we feel better, we can make better meals for our kids. When we're in a better mental frame, um, we can help our kids be in better, a better spot mentally. Um, when we are more upbeat, we can and have our emotions under control or we are, yeah, in control of our emotions, then we can help our kids. Like if their emotions are out of control, we can also guide and help them. And, and we can, like Bonnie was talking about, be an example of our kids. When we have a good spiritual relationship with our creator, we can be a good example and teach them how to have good um, spiritual relationships. Like, like we can be something that they look to um, and we can, we can, <laughs> I don't know. It sounds a little arrogant to say we can point our kids to ourselves as an example, but isn't that really what we're trying to do is be a good example of, to our kids of what we want them to be? And that thought always helps me is like, what do I want my kids to be and how do I want them to behave and what f- condition do I want them to be in physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, and then try to do that and be that myself. Oh, yes. Yeah, so good. So good. Um, I think that the beginning has to start with understanding and fully believing that self-care is essential. So if it's hard for you to look at yourself and think about fulfilling these self-care necessities, look at the future and imagine you're seeing your grown daughter or son, but you know, daughters are moms. So they're kind of in the same position as us and, and look at her as if she were you and she's, she's running her life the way you are. Are you just like, horrified that she doesn't get three square meals a day. (laughs) Like if you look at her as maybe God or your own mother would look at you, are, you know, are you treating yourself with kindness and the love that you deserve in order to positively bless the next generation? Right. Um, and it's very easy to make excuses for yourself. Like, well, I don't have time for that or that's not a necessity. It really is a necessity to take care of ourselves. And so if we can fully understand and comprehend that that is that those things are essential then step by step we can incorporate them into our lives and one last thought i wanted to say is this is something that can't be done 
um, alone, if you are part of a family, you have to communicate this with your spouse and children. And so one quick example I'll share is just having a blog and a business. Now, I'm not saying that that's for everyone, but I've realized that when I don't have a business or a blog or something that takes me away from my kids for a few hours every day, I'm a much worse mother. <laughs> I'm not saying that's true of everyone. I'm just saying that is me. And I know that when I have something that I'm passionate about that I spend time on, I am just better. I'm happier. I'm more fulfilled, etc. And so I have had to sit down with my husband and say, there's going to be some sacrifices, right? We're going to have to hire a sitter occasionally. I'm going to have to finish some work in the evenings when you'd like to spend time with me. But this is essential for me to be the best person, the best mother, the best citizen I can be and the best wife I can be. What do you think? And I believe that most spouses will say, sounds great. I don't want you to go crazy. Let's do what needs to be done, right? Um, and, and I have to communicate that with my kids too. Like, I would love to help you with that, but I've been spending all this time with you all morning long, and now it's my time, and I'm going to go work on this project. And sometimes they get frustrated, but I think most of the time they respect that, and they understand that I have needs just like they do, and I hope that I'm teaching them those positive life skills for when they grow up and have a family to take care of as well. Yeah. Yes. Those are all amazing, amazing thoughts. And the final thing that Bonnie and I wanted to mention is that if you are having extreme duress in any of these areas, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, please reach out for help outside of yourself because you are important and you are needed for your family and for your children. And so please, please reach out for outside help if you are having extreme duress in any of these areas. Listening to us and is not enough. You might need additional help. <laughs> we are not professionals. That's right. That's right. Thanks so much for tuning in. Did you know you can help the podcast in several ways? First up, we're on Patreon and there are three different levels to support us there. Just head to patreon.com slash outnumbered. Next up, if you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a written review on iTunes. It helps other parents find the podcast and receive the help you're enjoying. And finally, you can follow us on Instagram at Outnumbered the Podcast. We're always having fun over there, too. As usual, if you have any questions or ideas for future episodes, you can reach us at outnumberedthepodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for all your support. We'll talk to you next week. Okay, just a second. Mm. Okay. Pause. I wish I could pass you through the microphone here. My kids, um, you know, out in the orchard, we have apple trees. And the kids took it upon themselves. They noticed the apples were starting to fall. So they got out the cider press in the garage. We got one of these old time, 100 year old ancient cider presses. And they just brought me a, a cup, a mug full of apple cider. Oh, mm. so I can't believe apples are falling already. Yeah, the early, some of the early ones are. Wow. Okay. <laughs> All right. I forgive them for that interruption because they brought yeah. the apple cider. <laughs> I love apple cider. I have so many awesome memories of living in Michigan. We go to the, mm. to the orchard, buy donuts, and mm-hmm. uh, drink cider. And oh my gosh, yeah. it's delicious. Yes. Yes. That's what we were doing. That's getting on that time of year. All right. Going back to spiritual self-care. Here. 